Welcome to all of my guests to this first podcast on the subject of architecture. The reason I decided to begin the podcast series by interviewing the Dean of the College of Design at North Carolina State University is because that is where I received my master's degree in architecture. At the time, I was one of four students who were part of a new program offering a master's degree in architecture with a bachelor's received in another subject. My bachelor's is in psychology, and I was fortunate to have the opportunity to explore and find my path in architecture at the College of Design. Those were wonderful years for me. They were challenging and gave me time to develop my abilities while enjoying the close camaraderie of my fellow students. Now there's a well-established transitional program at the college. The College of Design was established in 1946, creating the School of Architecture and Landscape Design by combining the Landscape Architecture Program from the College of Agriculture and Life Sciences and the Architecture Program from the College of Engineering. Since then, the college continues to grow offering programs in architecture, art and design, design studies, graphic design, landscape architecture, and environmental planning, as well as industrial design. There is a master's program in architecture offered by the school and two doctoral programs. One is a doctor of design and the other is a PhD in design. Dr. Hoverstein is the Dean of the College of Design, as well as a Professor of Landscape Architecture and Environmental Planning at the school. He has received 17 National and Regional Planning and Design Awards and served as President of the Council of Educators in Landscape Architecture and as a Chair and Member of Committees and Review Teams for the Urban Land Institute, the Landscape Architecture Accreditation Board, the Southern Nevada Interpretive Association, and the Nevada Statewide Transportation Advisory Committee. Dr. Hooverston's research has focused on interpretive planning in desert climates, context-sensitive highway design, and alternative futures landscape planning. The Dean completed his PhD in landscape planning from Lincoln University in New Zealand. Welcome, Dr. Hubberstein. Hubberstein. Well, thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. <laughs> My first question is, where is the architectural profession now? And what do you think will be the focus with a new generation of students who graduate in the next few years? Design offers a unique approach to problem solving. It begins with intense research to determine what the problem really is, its extent and its context. That requires empathy and balancing evidence with intuition. It proceeds through ideation and testing of alternative solutions. And through that iterative process, a solution is found. And often you'll hear architects say, I found the solution, as opposed to designed it. And so there's something, some kind of magical alchemy that happens in that design process. Today's, today's designers 
architects among them, but all designers at any, uh, like, like designers at any time address the complex and confounding challenges of our time. How will we provide food, shelter, and energy to a rapidly growing global population? As we urbanize, how will our cities address the social and economic inequities while working with natural systems rather than fighting those natural systems? How will our cities lift up that human spirit and the dignity of each individual along with the many cultures on earth? How will we address climate change? How will our technology impact the way we communicate and how we communicate, what we communicate? And how do the, the little details we design impact these grand challenges? I would put forward that our students in the, in the process of addressing these grand challenges, there are three things that our students will be focusing on. The first is that technical competence is assumed. That means that we have to keep learning throughout our lives. It's very hard to stay up with the technology. I've heard it said that human knowledge doubles every two to three years. Imagine that, how much information. So we need to keep learning science, technology, arts, history, language, social sciences, psychology in your case. Uh, and we need, this, we need to be well-read and well-educated. But that also means that we can, no individual can do it all, so we need to participate in the second thing, which is radical teamwork. Our students will, the, the concept of the lone genius, in my estimation, is flawed mm -hmm. and not particularly helpful when we look at these grand challenges and the rapid changes we're facing. So we need to learn to work in teams to respect each person's and each discipline's contributions. And the third thing that our students will need is effective and compelling communication. In the design disciplines, we think of that primarily as visual or graphic communication, but it also includes verbal communication. And um, since we're talking specifically about architecture, one of our other grads from NC State uh, designs wonderful, mostly skyscrapers, and he builds a small model of that skyscraper, and he explains, tells a story about this building and takes it apart in a way that engages both his client and any other audience with whom he's speaking. And finally, we need written skills, but above all, we need to tell compelling stories. That's, I think, the, when you boil down our education, that's what we're teaching. Excellent. Um, is there a general interest that is shared or focus among the different, um, different schools within the college? Is there a particular area that's being discussed among all the students that you sense? Yes, I do. Uh, and you might think that it would be a certain kind of design, a certain approach to design, or designing certain things. But what I've noticed is when I went to school some 40 years ago, we all were interested in designing cool stuff. If you were an architect, you wanted to design cool buildings. If you were a landscape architect, you wanted to design cool plazas, etc. If you were a, a, uh, an industrial designer, you know, there's products. 
Now there's this interest in making a difference, in solving those challenges that I talked about. So our students have a much stronger sense of a, a social responsibility than I've ever seen before. And I think that's a common thread throughout all the disciplines right now. Excellent, excellent. Uh, what are some of the new programs or activity, activities offered at the school at this time? Sure. Well, in academia, we're constantly trying to keep up with the changes in society. So for instance, you mentioned the different departments we have, the names are changing. Landscape architecture is now changing to landscape architecture and environmental planning, because we're talking about second nature, third nature, how do we design with nature in our highly urbanized areas so that we are working with those natural cycles and systems of water management, air, plants, biodiversity. Graphic design is rapidly changing. Another one of our graduates is a vice president at the New York Times, the, the newspaper. And it, this is a graphic designer. And she will tell, she told me the story that whenever a reporter comes in with a story, a team of six to eight people surround that reporter because they need to get that story out in three or four different platforms within an hour or two. And graphic designers are central to that. So they're no longer calling themselves graphic designers. They might be user experience or interface experience or virtual reality. And so that is changing rapidly. The biggest new program is our doctorate of design, which is a professional program for people who have a master's degree and have a full-time job and can take that program online anywhere in the world. And we have students from all over the world. We have students who have currently or are retired from very, very high positions, as well as people who are recently out of school. Very interesting program. And then our design lab, sometimes called the K-12 design lab, which offers summer camps for middle schoolers and high schoolers has added a new program called the Reach Out Program. Instead of having students come to us and having to pay money to us, we're going to schools that uh, are primarily with underserved populations who maybe can't afford our summer camps, et cetera. And we're bringing design thinking and lessons to them. And we're also working with their teachers and their um, counselors so that they understand what the entrance requirements are and how to get into our college because we're very competitive. Only one in five students gets accepted. Wow. Those are some great programs. Um, my students want to know what a design school or a school of architecture is looking for in a prospective candidate. Can you provide some insight into what the College of Design looks for in students? Sure. Uh, there are some general characteristics that we're looking for. Of course, we're looking for bright students. And um, I mentioned how competitive our program is. So uh, although the university is considering moving away from SAT scores and ACT scores, just to give you an idea of what our average is uh, somewhere between uh, two, 1220 and 1280. It's closer to 1280. So we have very bright students, first of all. Secondly, we're looking for students who are inquisitive. 
who are asking questions and questioning, questioning us, questioning authority. In fact, some students just asked to have a Zoom meeting with me last week because they weren't very happy about one of their, their classes. And um, I'm glad to do that because that's the kind of student we want. And I remember uh, when I was full-time in the classroom, I gave an assignment on a Friday. And on Monday, when I went into class, the students handed it back to me and said, we changed it. And it was a better assignment than the one I gave. That's the kind of student we want. Free thinking and inquisitive and willing to take some risks. Now, a design background is helpful, but not necessary. Having some art skills or graphic skills, some computer skills is probably important because we do require a portfolio. And we want to know that you have, you are inquisitive, that you're bright, and that you have, a, have some kind of a sense of design. Uh, that's not true of all programs. And some of our students who don't have any background will take one or two years at the university in another subject and take some courses at the College of Design so that they get that background and then they will transfer in. And that's another way to become a designer. That's great. Um, do you have any closing comments to make before we end this wonderful podcast? Well, I would encourage your students to think about a career in design. I think it's, it's a wonderful life that will keep you fascinated. Uh, you will, you know, there are challenges and it's a challenging career, uh, but it is also one that's very rewarding and it does make a difference. Designers work for someone or something. John Maida, uh, the, the, the great engineer, graphic designer, who was for many years president at the Rhode Island, of, Rhode Island School of Design, used to say, art is the question to a problem and design is the solution to a problem. And if you're really interested in solving problems, I think design is a really exciting way to do it. And I welcome students uh, look at our programs. We'd be happy to uh, give you tours and answer questions and look at other programs. There are lots of opportunities in this profession. Thanks for the opportunity to be here today. Oh, well, thank you so much for your time. It is greatly appreciated. Okay, I'm gonna stop recording now. That was awesome. Was it okay? Yeah.